genre. the history and legends of a galaxy far, far away. I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Tim Garcia. And we are back to continue discussing the Star Wars radio drama. Uh, 1981, right, is when this came out, Tim? Yes, uh, 1981. Uh, I took a couple uh, or It was written by Brian Daly. Nice. And directed by John Madden. I do not think he is the same uh, one of football. No, I looked into this because I saw that name and was like, what? John Madden? Yeah. No, no. He is an English director of theater, film and television known for directing Shakespeare in Love, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Oh, wow. He's also directed The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel in 2012. Holy crap. That's awesome. Yeah. So that John Madden. That's really cool. In order, yep. like... This, I was just, I mean, we finished this, obviously, and it, I, we said it enough last time, but, like, it's really good. Yeah! This is, yeah, this might be one of the best pieces of content I think we've covered on the, I mean, Ooh. the Mortis Trilogy is really good, but. The Mortis Trilogy was really fun. Um, It's just really well put there. together. I, I, this is very well put together. Um, I want to listen to it again. I'm absolutely going to go listen to the next two. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after finishing this one, I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to like roll right into Empire, but I should wait until after we're done recording. Yeah. Just so it's not like no, Empire is super fun. And I think most of it, most of the cast is back for Empire. That's awesome. It's, I, it's a different cast for Jedi because they didn't do it to like the mid 90s. Wow. That's yeah, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. So I know Mark Hamill comes back for Jedi, but. No, it doesn't look like he does. Oh, he doesn't? Well, no, I it looks like, like Joshua listen... Fardon is Luke Skywalker in Jedi. I'm sorry, that is an to... unfortunate last name. Yeah, uh, according to the Star Wars, uh, the according to the wiki page for the radio series. Oh, okay, I guess I was wrong. I just remembered. Wait, hold on, though. You know how, like, last time I was like, oh my god, uh, John Lithgow is, Loda, is Yoda in these yeah. next two. Uh, Ed Asner is Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, that's incredible. That's fun. I like that a lot. Uh, anyway, so we are here to talk about the second half, uh, episodes 7 through 13 of um, Star Wars A New Hope. It's not called A New Hope at no, this point in time. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. Tim, you said you had an idea of like, like, I know we have notes for each episode, but yeah. you had mentioned having this idea of, like, picking a scene to, like... Yeah, so I feel like we each... We like, if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen Star Wars. Yeah. I assume. I assume you didn't just, like, <laughs> stumble upon the Ewok movie and you're like, oh, this is really interesting. I should go figure out what it is. <laughs> and this was the first thing you watched after yeah. Caravan of Courage. Incredible. Um, but, uh, so I feel like going through each, like, Beat by scene, beat. Yeah. Beat by beat is kind of redundant, and I feel like we did that last episode. So let's just kind of we split it up into each episode. So we got seven through thirteen, 
Um, so we'll kind of tell you where the episode starts and ends. Yeah. And we'll kind of fill in some of our favorite parts. Um, so that way, you know, it kind of keeps it a little bit more engaging for everybody. Yeah, totally. Because there's some good stuff in here. And like we said last time, like, I think the thing that makes that that is the best a part of this radio drama, aside from like the first two episodes that are just like filling in the backstories of some of our characters. Uh, once we get into the meat of like the actual plot of Star Wars, it's just little nuggets of like, oh, this is a little different in a way that like I find fascinating. Right, exactly. And that's what where this really like. It really shines. Yeah, definitely. Is the, um, just the little, little bits. So episode seven, um, also I, I made sure to note all the, uh, episode titles because oh, yeah. they're fantastic. They're very good. So episode seven is called The Han Solo Solution. Yeah. Uh, and it starts with Luke selling his speeder. Um, and it ends with, uh, the gang escaping Tatooine and the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first of all, I love the speeder sewing scene where he has to negotiate with that uh, alien. What is his name? Feltipern, right? Is that what? It, is that the name of the? I do not remember. I, 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 uh, I totally thought that this guy was a droid. No, the no, first no. Time he's, I heard it. He's talking through a like a. Yeah, voice that makes modulator. that makes way more sense. But yeah, this so this thing is and there's like a whole negotiating thing and they were really trying to like shortchange Luke. Yeah. And, but also Luke in his uh selling of the speeder, uh, because in the movie we just kinda get like, Oh, I guess this is gonna have to be enough money, like I can't believe we got, you know. Yeah. Um but you get the full negotiation in this, and Luke really goes like for the classic like teenager like mistake. Yeah, of, he's like, I I paid twenty four hundred for this, and I put a lot of work in it, so I think it's worth more than that now. Is, that's totally not how you sell a car. Right? <laughs> no. That's not like like no no no. Your speeder's gonna lose value. Putting work into it, it's just gonna be a sunk cost at this point. And also, you've just admitted that you've altered a bunch of stuff, so it's not gonna run like it did from the uh-huh. factory. Uh-huh. Like, there's just all these things that you're just not gonna. Yeah. yeah, and the 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 guy that they're trying to sell it to is like, look, like people don't want the old your old speeder. Like, no one's yeah. gonna want this. I'm gonna sell it at a loss if I give you this much money for it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wio Wioslia. W-I-O-S-L-E-A. Wow. She's a female Vuvrian. V-U-V-R-I-A-N. And she's a terrestrial vehicle sales merchant. Oh, she has like Um, an insect head with very strange eyes. Yeah. That's her. And I mean, she's in the background of that scene. So if you look, if you watch the movie... I don't um, think I've ever like really noticed this creature, this alien. I always get all the Tatooine monsters confused. There's so many. But yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so there's that whole negotiation, and mm-hmm. you know it. But then Luke or Obi Wan mind tricks. Yeah. Uh huh. The the creature into accepting their deal. Yeah. Which I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think that I think that every time I think every time the mind trick happens, it's like a little questionable. But using it on 
Just like a salesperson like this is kind of messed up. But then Qui-Gon tries to do the exact same thing in Phantom Menace. Exactly. Uh, that was what I was going to bring up. Yeah, 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 yeah. He learned it from his master. Yeah, it's a little shady. It's a little shady. It's fine. I feel like the only acceptable use we really get of it where it actually works was on the on the Stormtroopers. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Because it it fails actually several times, right? Well, no, yeah. it, no, acceptable was, I feel like, on Bib Fortuna, getting him That's to also take true. him to, that was okay. Um, And then he tries to on Jabba, but it fails. But it doesn't work, yeah. Jabba's too smart for that. Obi-Wan tries to, not Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon tries on Watto. On Watto, and it doesn't work. Do they try to on Boss Nass? They don't, right? No, I don't think so. No, I think he just, I think he just, like, uses his, like, little bit of knowledge about the life debt situation to their advantage. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I don't know. Mind trick is iffy. It's always don't, iffy. Don't like it here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they just, need that money, but also, like, they, they could do. Just, it's find Tatooine. Another, yeah. Yeah, just sell a slave. That's <laughs> how you make money here. Messed up. No. <laughs> uh so there's like um in this in this one and the next one there's a lot of really interesting like Luke and Obi-Wan conversation. Uh and it's very much like Obi-Wan sort of like analysis of the people that are around them. And so like they're talking about Han and Chewbacca and like this right. unlikely duo and um we get a lot of good stuff just about like yeah. rookies. Obi-Wan really, really likes Chewbacca. Yeah. Like, he just, like, keeps talking. He's like, uh, Wookiees are, uh, they're a very unique species. They have an ancient culture and have a great affinity for the Force, which I... I know, and then Luke is like, Wookiees? And it's like, shut up, Luke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they also say that the bowcaster is the traditional weapon of his people. That's... Which cracks me up. I love that. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that. The whole like, oh, like it, Chewbacca's so special, and uh, you know, he's like, and that makes Solo special because the fact that he's with yeah Chewbacca yeah is of note. Mm-hmm. That's of note. So it's like a, a Wookiee would not have chose chosen just anyone, just for any smug like a smuggler, yeah. like this guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Totally. So I really like that. Um, so yeah, um, other scenes, uh, is we have Han after the issue with Greedo uh-huh. meets another low life in Mos Eisley, uh, named Squeak. Squeak, who, I mean, it's clear why his name is Squeak. Yeah, he's, he talks really fast. He's very clearly a voice actor who delivered the lines and they just sped him up. Yeah, it's very so funny. he'd be, uh, and, uh, he offers him another job. For Instead less money. Of this money. For less money. For ten thousand. Yeah, but it was like a. It was supposed to be like a quick job, right? Sure. Yeah, that would that would start tomorrow. I think, isn't it? That it's yeah. like, oh, it's a day late, and that's why I can't do it. We have to leave now. Yeah. Well, no, it was it was going to start tomorrow. Uh, but it, he's too hot right now. He can't. He can't. Yeah, do he can't it hang around. And, um. So he can't. Yeah. Uh, Squeak is in Legends. Interesting. He is a Tintinna. A Tintinna. Which is a rodent-like uh, alien. Um, 
But uh, yeah, you can look up Squeak on the Wikipedia. Oh, that's cool. He's just like a little mouse guy. Yeah. I uh, love him. Look at Big him. Bungie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's not canon, but he's he's there. There's a little picture of him. I know. There's a little like um, drawn. Oh, this is precious. I love this guy now. Um, and yeah, Big Bungie was the guy that he was working for offering the job. Uh-huh. Um, and that Big Bungie has a lot more of other, uh, on Solo at Star's End, which I think was one of the old, uh, books. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 79, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so that's where Big Bungie comes from, uh, which would have been before this, but, um, yeah, so that's some early EU stuff, uh, is Luke, or Han was offered another job. Um, that he turns down. He's like, what do you, he almost takes it though. He's yeah, almost he like, yeah, let's do this. And Chewbacca kind of is like, wait, well, we just offered them. And he's like, ah, screw them. Like, you know, let's take this easy one. Um, but then, you know, it doesn't work out. So, uh, we get that same scene from, uh, from the special edition that has yes. Jabba on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of Jabba, it's a character called Heater. Mm-hmm. And Heater's a very posh, He's kind of a, like a, he's still a gangster, but he's very like, oh, yes, perhaps, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, I like, I like Heater a little bit, a little bit. I like Heater there better than Jabba being there. Yeah, I though- agree. It makes sense. It makes sense. Like, it it doesn't, I've never really, like, understood the Jabba being the one to, like, come down from his palace to, like, confront Solo personally, directly. Yeah in the docking bay like that just seems beneath him and so like him having like another go-to just all these intermediaries because he's like a yeah. gang boss like yeah and i like it it does have some of the same problems that um the job scene has obviously it's very similarly written where they kind of retread a lot of the same stuff that the yeah. Greedo scene did but uh it's still fun and Luke is, or not Luke, Han is able to kind of intimidate Heater a little bit more than he could intimidate uh, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So so I like that too. Um, so yeah, so that one ends with uh, them escaping Tatooine on the Star Destroyer. <laughs> so let's uh, move on to episode eight. Death Star's Transit. Yes, uh, which again, I love... A little, I just think the titles are good. The titles are great because they're so like serialized, pulpy, you know, kind of. Yeah, exactly. The the spirit of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, This one uh, starts with Vader taking Leia into uh, to the Death Star uh, and it ends with Tarkin ordering Leia's execution. Right. Um, So, yeah, so this one is one of the most intense ones. All Death Star, yeah. It's all Death Star stuff. It's all, uh, yeah. It, Imperial no officers, it's all that. Imperial yeah. officers and stuff. So it starts with Leia on the Death Star. Well, actually getting to the Death Star. So uh-huh. they kind of do the, like, uh, you know, Vader taking her on the shuttle. And, like, he's like, look, look what's in front of you. And she's like, oh, my gosh, it's a Death Star. And yeah. he's like, how did you know what a Death Star <laughs> is? Uh, literally, that's the scene. It's, yeah, um, it's very it's very funny because she's trying to be here being like, I'm not a rebel. I'm just a. Yeah. Oh, my um, God, the Death Star. Yeah. And she's like, well, uh, people were talking about it in the Senate. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Leia goes on uh, the Death Star um, and we get that same Imperial officer. Meeting. I love this roundtable 
like meeting. Um, yeah, it's very well done. Um, it's a little bit extended with between Madi and Tag, uh-huh. the two officers that um, are arguing in there, but not too much. And then uh, we get a the, an extended torture scene of Leia. Yeah, I am so glad that we just cut away in this movie. In the movie. This is horrendous. The eight's long. It feel, it's so well, it feels long. long. Yeah. Um so we get Dr. Ball MD the the with the syringe and everything. <laughs> they like drug her. It's like this they, really awful yeah. interrogation scene. So it's one of those things that I love the one of the reasons I love this radio drama is that's a question that I had ever since I was a little kid. Like yeah. what is going on in there? Yeah. And uh yeah so they, they go in there, they drug her and she's kinda like half passed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Vader pretends to be, he's like, yes, you've made it. We need you to know where you put the plans now. You're back here with us, the rebels. Uh, Now tell us where, you know, you put the plans so we can go get them for you. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I can't. Like, no. This first stage of the interrogation is hilarious to me because it's like, Please just have literally any of the other officers pretend literally to be anybody. one of them. Literally anybody else, because it's literally just Vader like, yes, it's I, <laughs> the other person in the rebellion. <laughs> you know, it's just like, come on, like literally anybody else should. I guess he's really relying yeah. on the on the. This is um, the bit that I drug. accidentally spoiled last time, but he eventually is like, your father has said that he wants us to get these plans from you. Like, don't you want to please your father? Your father demands that you tell us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they're talking about bail. Yeah, yeah, bail. of course. Um, but yeah, it's funny. And then it gets more like, and then he like quickly loses patience, and he's talking about like, like, oh, you're starting to feel your skin burning. Yeah, and describing how you know she's starting to feel. It's kind of like a hypnosis type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and through this whole thing, she's like moaning and and yeah, and sobbing. Sex. Yeah. Is the actress that plays Leia, and she absolutely sells this scene. Yeah, it's, it's hard to listen so to. so good, uh, but she is absolutely killing it uh, because she is screaming. She is like, yeah, it's it's really kind of hard to listen to, but it's really well performed is what I'm trying to say. Like, she's, at, she's doing really well. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, like, so she literally likes talking about how she's in so much pain and it, I, you know, I can't really even do it justice here, but he just absolutely kills it. And then eventually, and she's like, stop, stop. And he's like, just tell me where the, you know, yeah. the plans are and I'll stop. Now you can make it stop. And she's like, I can't. She's like crying. Like, she's like, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Um, and so eventually he's like, stop. And she like falls asleep. She's he so tells, strong. Yeah. And he tells her to please, or he tells like the guards to basically nurse her back to strength so that yeah. he can do this again later there's a bit of a conversation that happens between um tarkin and vader after this where mm-hmm. tarkin is like surprised that she was able to withstand vader's technique vader it, in general i feel like yeah and it very much reminds me of um the same interaction, the same sim- sort of interaction that happens between, like, I, I know that Force Awakens is just New Hope, but like Kylo Ren and Rey. I mean, in that instance, like, she's able to like push back with the Force, but like that same idea of like this girl bested you. Yeah, exactly. Which is really interesting to me. Yeah, very much was that. 
Um, he's like, but she's so small, and you're so big, and you're yeah. the Dark Lord of the Sith. I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, crazy scene. Yeah. One of the best things in the in the in the uh, mm-hmm. whole radio drama, I think. Definitely. Was that extended thing. Uh, there's also one other thing that happens in this episode um, before we get to the destruction of Alderaan that uh, I find very fascinating. And that is this uh, conversation that Mahdi and Tarkin have. Right. Where Mahdi is like kind of gassing up Tarkin a little bit and is like, hey, like you're the one in control of this battle station. He the is. ultimate power in the universe. Yeah, it's he's yours. very... He's very... Uh, uh yeah, he's he's very much like mm, you know, he's he's kind of like planting the seeds there. He's yeah. trying to like get it, it's kind of cool to see a little bit more like politics of uh-huh. the imperial officers going on behind the scenes. And Mahdi's very much like, "Okay, this station is awesome, and don't forget that you're in trouble. You're you're in charge." You're in charge. Of this. Yeah. And it's like there's nothing bigger. But you know, reminding you yeah, right. Because like the movies do sort of imply that aside from like the officers butting heads with Vader in his philosophy, that like, no, the emperor is in control and everyone is in line. And yeah, but we just know that that's not how like politics work. And so having some sort of conflict, even just like the hint of tension is fascinating right. to me. So. Yeah. I really, exactly. I really dug this. Uh, we'll get, it'll come back later, but yeah, exactly. I think it's really he's cool. Like, he's, yeah, so this definitely, I wrote in my notes, uh, Mahdi tempts Tarkin the first time. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's yeah. funny, for whatever reason, like, I read your note, uh, yeah. and until you said it out loud, I wasn't like, oh, this is a biblical reference. Yeah, I was, I was, it's my Catholic upbringing, so. Yeah, no, I, that's why I recognized it. It's very funny. <laughs> it's very um, funny. So yeah, and then Alderaan's destroyed. Um, yeah. Which is, let me tell you, a little less spectacular in the radio drama, because you don't <laughs> see anything explode. Yeah. But again, the, the acting of everybody really sells it, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, you know, you get the whole thing with Dantooine, and Tarkin orders Leia's execution, and that's where we end. That's where we end. Uh, so episode nine, um, which is another great. We're just gonna uh, keep title. doing this every time. Yeah, it makes me laugh every time I read them because it's well, I'm listening to them and they they say it at the beginning of every uh-huh. one, which is great too. But it's episode nine is rogues, rebels, and robots. <laughs> like I, I just don't know how they come up with great ones for every everything. So it starts immediately after the jump to hyperspace on the Falcon. So it's they're kind of like you know it's that transit. Period where the Falcons in, in hyperspace, yeah, um, and it ends with the gang in the tractor beam uh, of the Death Star. <laughs> this has got more of like just good Luke and, and Obi Wan like talking about Han and Chewie, just like right. scrutinizing like any little thing to give them hints about who these people they're traveling with are. And so they yeah. discuss the table game and they discuss the fact that no, the Falcon has been modified and this is performing way better than a shuttle of this type would be like, he wasn't right. He wasn't exaggerating when, when he said that like, this was a special ship. Yeah. And I, I do like that. They like, who, well, who do you think plays the game? And they're like, Oh, probably Chewbacca. Like he's a, yeah. <laughs> Again, like, Luke being like Chewbacca. And he's like, yeah. He's just a dog. <laughs> no, uh, he's a person. Uh, he's a person and his name is Chewbacca. True. 
yeah, so it's a lot of like, you know, they talk about the Falcon's modification, and then they just, it, uh, most of it is Luke's training. Just a lot of training. So much training. I'm so glad we get more than just like the, the I just, I love this expanded sequence. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like more stuff on Vader. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, they talk about how Luke's like, well, where would you start? And he's like, well, normally if I were to start training a Vader, uh, a Jedi, if I were to start training a, a Vader, of time, yeah, not Vader, uh, <laughs> training, uh, they would spend a ton of time contemplating everything and opening himself up to the force. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to kind of rush that and I'm just going to kind of try to open you up, yeah. you know, quicker than usual. We're going to brute force um, this. Some, some Speed running lines. Jedi training. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's kind of what Luke got anyway. Yeah. As he speed ran Jedi training. Um, Luke contacts the Force through lightsaber... Or, I'm sorry, Jedi's contact the Force through lightsaber combat is what Obi-Wan said was one of the things. And that's the thing, is this is 81, so it's after Empire, but no other Star Wars movies have come out at this yeah. point. Um. And I feel like most of the stuff still kind of holds up. I think so, too. As far as, like, canon. There's a few times where I'm like, okay, that doesn't quite work. Maybe this is an alternate universe, and I should have made a note. But I think there may be two or three times in in these whole episodes. I was like, ah, it doesn't quite work. But only a little bit. Um, But everything else, I really like the idea of that it's one of the ways that the, the Jedi... Yeah. Interact with the forest is through well, lightsabers. Yeah, definitely. Know, and I, I think um it's interesting the idea I like we don't talk about like kyber crystals in the original trilogy at all. But just like the idea of having like a focus to to draw that power from or to like help I don't say wield it, because I don't know that that's exact that's really how the force works, but um maybe it does. Yeah, I don't know. It, I just like that they have the, the Jedi have all these different ways to interact with the Force. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's one of them. And I feel like High Republic kind of leans on that. Yeah, and High Republic's done that, a lot of good stuff with them. The way that they use their lightsabers, since they don't really uh, need to... Especially at the beginning of Light of the Jedi. Yeah. And they haven't really needed to use lightsabers at all. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, so really outside like of, like, training? Yeah. Uh, so they all have these different ways that they use lightsabers, which I thought was cool. And then <laughs> Obi-Wan and Han, so they kind of have like a little bit of, they don't really have an argument in the movie. It's more of like a back and forth uh, where they kind of talk about like, you know, you don't believe in the force. And, you know, there's a lot of Luke Han's like, it's a lot of simple tricks and nonsense. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan is like, oh, there's no such thing as luck, all that stuff. Um, in this, it's much more of an argument. Yeah. Where they very much get like, and Han and Han really gets poked at by Obi Wan, uh, where he's very much like, "Oh, well, like that's all you think about. Like you just think about money all the time." Like, and he's like, "The world would be." He, what do he say? Like, "Oh, it's a lot of problems for a lot of planets too." Um, he's like, "But you know, I don't really need all that." And yeah, and Han's like, "Oh, well, where would you be without money?" And he's like, "Have you seen me touch?" any money at all i never use money for anything yeah and it's like it's like what the hell like, like what and Excuse even me? i'm listening to it i'm like obi-wan never uses money for anything never he's like i have I, he's like i can live quite modestly and without anything without ever touching money and i'm like well, like how? hunter gatherer 
out in the Jundland Wastes. In the Jundland Wastes. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure this out, but I guess yeah, what does he eat? Like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. He, he like. Where did he, he get must, his furnishings? He hunts Tuscan Raiders. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he traps them into. I don't That's know. That's bad. Yeah, he's like, I never... No, this dude... No, okay. he just mind like, tricks people to give That's him That's what stuff. I was just thinking. This dude's like, oh, you don't need money. You can just mind trick everyone to give you whatever you uh-huh. want. It's like, what? You want to offer me a good meal. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I guess if I could mind trick anyone, I wouldn't need money, Obi-Wan. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's like, dude, what the hell? I just thought that was really weird. Yeah, it's so it's. I get so what they funny. were going for, right? They're well, like, oh, you can be simple, and, and you don't need. It's to... also expanding on on the like what happened in the first episode we talked in episode seven, where they have to like sell the speeder because he's like, well, I promised him two thousand, but I don't have any money. We're gonna have to sell your speeder, Luke. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's it's all very much like. Uh, yeah, and even Han's like, okay, so Luke paid your way. Like, it, like that yeah. doesn't mean you don't need money, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and even that, he had to mind trick his way into. But yes, uh, yeah, that's funny. It's just very. It's, come on, man. Um, and then, of course, he feels the you know thousand mouths cry out in pain, and then we're suddenly silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come out into. Uh, asteroid field that is the remains of Alderaan as we know um, what was it he said oh we decided to scoop up some gravel <laughs> is one of the like snarky things he said to Luke um, and then of course the gang gets caught in the tractor beam and it's kind of cool because as they're caught in the tractor beam we get to hear Obi-Wan come up with the plan that they end up using yeah he's like is this what he says like launch some escape pods make sure yeah. you make a record in the ship's log He's literally telling him everything. He's like, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. Um, and it's all Obi-Wan's idea, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, it's cool. It like very much hints at like, no, nah, Obi's been through stuff like this. before, And it's easy yeah. to like forget when your only context of Obi-Wan is old man Obi-Wan from the desert. Yeah, I don't know. I always loved that because it, it I thought it was very clear in the in the first movie, even if you don't have EU stuff or books or anything like that, that like Obi-Wan very much knows what he's talking about. He's the first one Mm -hmm. to identify that it's a short range fighter, like, Oh, a ship like that couldn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like all that kind of stuff. Um, and he very much knows everything that's going on and, and they really turn that up to the nth degree in the radio drama. Yeah, I think so too. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, so that's episode nine. Episode 10 is called the Luke Skywalker Initiative, (laughs) which might be my favorite one because I think that not the episode, but the title, because it reminds me of the Avengers Initiative (laughs) and I'm uh, a dirty nerd. Uh, he says talking on his Star Wars podcast. Yes. Um, so yeah, this one starts with everyone hiding under the decks of the Falcon and it ends with everyone jumping into the trash compactor. Yeah. Not a whole bunch different on this one. No, uh, I think the majority of what's different about this one is the stuff that takes place on the Millennium Falcon. There's a lot of dialogue while they're hiding. Yeah, a lot of dialogue that's all just sort of like nothing dialogue. It's all yeah. just kind of like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Because <laughs> they, they have to describe what's happening 
Actually, the radio drama does a good job of not making you feel like everyone is describing everything around them. Yes. But this part, they really kind of have to be like, oh, there's this many people on the Falcon <laughs> now. And there's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, they, they really have to kind of narrate what's going on, mostly by Obi-Wan knowing it by the Force. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they take down the... The deaths there, they take down the stormtroopers, they sneak on the Death Star. You know, it's the same thing that goes on in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they discover, discover Princess Leia and, and do the whole plan. It's all, you know, pretty I don't think, much Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that's really in this one. Uh, yeah, some of them, like, I feel like episode one was almost completely new stuff. Yeah. And episode 10 is like all, yeah, you get this one. I think 13 is a lot that way, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, there is one little note that I liked about this episode, and that is um, when they arrive on the Death Star and Obi-Wan senses a presence he hadn't felt in a long time. That's right. He does say that. Yeah. Um, he's just like, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. But he's like, oh, but it makes sense that he's here or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's why everything's going is because I sense mm-hmm. this. Um, so yeah, so that's the Luke Skywalker initiative. I assume it's called that because Luke Skywalker is taking initiative taking and he initiative. comes up with a plan. It uh-huh. comes up with a plan. Episode 11 is the Jedi Nexus, which starts with uh, Vader's assurance that Obi-Wan is on board. He's talking to Tarkin and is like, I have felt a presence I haven't felt since. Uh, and it ends with the Falcon jumping to hyperspace to escape the Death Star. Yeah. This one feels long in comparison. I know that they're all like 30 minutes. They're like 25. Yeah. They're like a little shorter. Like, That's true because yeah. the, the intro and outros account for a yeah. good chunk. Um, but like they escape the trash compactor. Uh, Han is ready to bounce. He is. He's like he gets he gets out. We know it's the same, you know, again, beat for beat, pretty much the same. Yeah. They do the whole thing on the trash compactor and uh yeah, Han gets like they when they get separated like they do in the movie. Han's telling Chewie he's like, "Yo, we should just go. <laughs> if we get to the Falcon first, I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm getting the hell out of here." Which it totally fits Han. I, I love totally... that. I love that Chewbacca is constantly Han's conscience. He is, which I love. That like even I... though we don't know what he's saying, you still get like that distaste for like Han's ideas. Yeah. That protest, he's protesting his his thoughts every time. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our uh, our Vader and Obi-Wan fight, which has some fantastic bits of dialogue. Yeah, they add, it's a little extended. It's not too much extended. It's not too much. A, yeah. There's a couple things. So first of all, Vader completely knows Obi-Wan's plan. Yeah, absolutely. But Obi-Wan doesn't care. No. Because uh, Vader says, like, whatever errand... Uh, whatever have you finished whatever petty errand that brought you here uh, uh he even goes perhaps. on to be like yeah. y- like disabling the the tractor beam and he's like uh yeah I- i've already done it <laughs> yeah and then just like the ready is yeah fun. i love that they're yeah so they they both ask each other if they're ready before <laughs> they draw their lights it's very respectful yeah, so they're like ready, and he's like ready, mm-hmm. and they, you know, and then they ignite their lightsabers. Um, okay, so this line, I, I wrote it down here, and I, you can see it. But yes, the patterns of the Force have reached the Nexus. You think you can retreat forever? Like he says this after he's like been dodging, and uh-huh. 
Vader says that, what in the heck is he talking mean? about? The patterns of the Force have reached the Nexus? What? Yeah, it... Uh, it's it, an evocative line. I don't know what he's trying to say. Um... I mean, maybe this is just more on that, like, the learner becomes the master. Like, the the pattern of the Force was eventually... Was, it was our destiny that we would be brought back together in this way. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the patterns of the Force. So, yeah, maybe that was what it was, is he's trying to say that, like... This fight was always inevitable. We're always going to come back together like yeah. this. Um, so, yeah, but, like, yeah, I still like it. It's still very much a... Uh, uh, it's it sounds great. <laughs> uh I also I love this uh this last one, this bit right before uh, before the death of Obi-Wan, where he says, A Jedi never forgets how to die. Yeah. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, Obi-Wan says that, and I was like, uh Okay, like I guess they mean like what he means is like we're prepared. We like no I, to I become really one with the means. force. Like this is different than just never... like death. Yeah, he's just like, oh yeah, I remember. I remember how to die. Yeah, like what are you? No, like <laughs> I don't know. I love the line because it's so totally goofy and very. It feels very in character for both of them. Uh huh. Uh huh. But at the same time, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's good. But I love that all the Jedi are like, oh, yeah, I remember. Like, I remember people how to who die. die, they don't have it. Like, people don't keep surviving because they forgot how to die. Like, what? <laughs> maybe, maybe this is me just like reading into things that aren't there. But maybe this is implying that like, oh, he's been trained on like whatever, whatever the step between like mortal life and like becoming one with the force. Like he, he learned how to die. Yeah, that was his. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like the, I get what they're saying. Like kinda. Yeah. Right. Which is the perfect way of force dialogue. Right. It's like, <laughs> like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Like he, they're trying to say that he's always prepared Yes. You know, they're, he's connected with all life and death, so, you know, um, he's always prepared to die. But it's just a funny way to say it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the same thing happens. Luke, you know, Obi-Wan dies, and they escape the Death Star, and we still get, we get a little extended Luke mourning yeah. watching Obi-Wan die. Just this really soft moment between him and Leia, because both of them have lost—I mean, he lost a mentor, and Leia lost her planet— and uh, they just share this moment in the in the movie. I, I know it gets a lot of criticism every time because like, like, it's just kind of whiny Luke. And he's like, oh, I just I just wish Ben were here. Yeah. Like and Leia's like, oh, poor, poor Luke. Uh, but in this one, he's like, you know, oh, I just like he I felt like he was going to be everything and he was always going to be there. And Leia's like, yeah, I also lost like my, <laughs> lost a lot today. And he's like, oh my god, your entire planet, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. He literally good. does like, he just like, oh my god, I completely forgot, you know. Like, uh, and they address that, which is cool. And she's like, and he's like, how do you keep going? And she's like, you find something to fight for. And I just love that. That's like, great. It's, it's so a good. classic Leia. It's so perfect Leia. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I like that. Um, and then we get our space battle, which is. 
Uh, only thing of note that I thought with the space battle was um, Han explaining to Luke how to shoot everything, how to work the, the yeah. quad mm-hmm. cannons and everything. Um, and him going like, hey, Luke, have you ever fought a quad cannon? Luke's like, yeah, I, uh, you know. Yeah. Han's like, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no. And he kind of explains it. He's like, you'll hear the little dots as they get closer. It'll feel like something's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it helps you. You know, this is how you do it. And he also says, um, make sure you don't rely on the targeting computer and look up every now and then and go with your gut, too. Yeah. Which is such. It's very good. It's foreshadowing for the, you know. Yeah. The Battle of Yavin, which I love that. Like, I'm just like, oh, cool. It's really and good. It also adds like, oh, there is something. The force is working a little bit through Han without him knowing it either. Yep. Having that line in there is like, no, this is he knows how to do this with it, whether or not he knows how to do, you know, he actively knows he how to do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I really good. like that um, good stuff. in there. Um, And then it episode 11 ends with the Falcon jumping to hyperspace away from yep. the Death Star. So, yeah. Two left. Yeah. So we've got episode 12 now. The case for rebellion. <laughs> Which totally makes sense for this one because yeah. it's pretty much the whole stinking episode. Um, this episode mainly concerns everyone trying to convince Han to stay. Yeah. And join the rebellion. Uh, so yeah, it starts with Vader and Tarkin discussing the plan, um, yeah. of why they let, the, it was Rebel, it was Vader's plan to let the, um, Rebels go and <laughs> find the Rebel base. Um, we get a little moment where, uh, after 3PO gets caught in all the wires and stuff after uh-huh. the fight, uh, that Han is like, oh, it's actually useful to have droids around on the thing. They're actually helping stuff. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, I don't yeah. think that's like the most affection he shows droids in maybe the entire franchise. Yeah, there's a little Star Wars. There's a little hint of this after they get out of the um, trash compactor a couple episodes ago also, because they get out and and Han is like thankful that C-3PO and R2 got them out of there. And Luke makes a comment about like, I thought you didn't like droids that talk back. And he was like, I think I've changed my mind. Something to that effect. Uh, and it's just, it's nice. I like it. Uh, we have, like, the whole, um, like, Transit to Yavin 4. Uh, we get to... Oh, my goodness. Um, when they're approaching Yavin 4, uh, Leia asks him if he remembered to, like, transmit the codes. And he was like, no, I was just going to let them shoot us out of the sky. Yeah, I liked that, too. It made me laugh. Han is so sassy. He is. Uh, yeah, and Perry King is... A little too over the top. A little bit. But, but it's I kind of like fun. it. Like he's, he's kind of like, a lot of his lines are like, yeah. <laughs> like uh-huh. he does like the stupid cocky yes. laugh, which yes. makes me laugh too. But yeah, he's very much over the top. And did Perry King audition to be Han? Isn't that a I true thing? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was a thing. Um, anyway. Maybe. So uh, anyway, we meet the, the people of the Rebellion. We meet Cat Commander Willard. Yes. And uh, we meet... Actually, they send Luke to go... Uh, I can't remember why they were going up there, but uh, to go, like, I think to his X-Wings, right? Because he volunteered yeah. to fly the X-Wings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, uh, you're a new recruit. I'm going to have to... You know, he, like, jokes with him, and he turns around. He's like, oh, my God, it's Biggs! Yeah! And Biggs is there, and it's much more of a, like, 
thing because we had it in episode We've seen one them already. Yeah, so yeah, we have this beautiful seen... reunion. I think Luke calls him his best friend at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, Luke... you believe it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, like, they do this whole thing. They He is really excited to introduce Han and Leia to Biggs, which that was a funny scene because, like, like it's weird that Biggs has never met Leia, I feel like. Yeah, Which a I guess bit. is, like... It's I guess it's like introducing a sergeant to like a four star general and saying, this is my friend, the four star yeah. general, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I guess that's kind of like like that. But he's like, oh, hey, but I think they were trying to play it that she's just like super beautiful. And he was he got kinda he's bashful. like flustered. Yeah, that seems to be what they're trying to play for it. But, Definitely. Uh, yeah. And I really like that. There's a scene in here. We're not going to uh, kind of jumping around a little bit. Sure. But there's a scene in here where Luke is volunteering to be an X-Wing pilot, mm-hmm. but they can't just, uh, they, Commander Willard won't just take him. He's got to yeah, go. He can't just be thrown into an X-Wing. And they, he goes through a whole, uh, space sim. Like, yeah. Test. Mm-hmm. His own, like, you know, uh, not Kobayashi Maru, but you know, his, his, he had to do a simulation. I was thinking the same X-wing. thing. Yeah, where he has to go through and they do the whole thing and, and Biggs is like, wow, you did a lot of be- a lot better than a lot of those pilots out there do. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll get these to, to Commander Willard, but I think you're probably good. Even like, Willard just, is a little impressed and is like, oh, I heard you only died twice, which is impressive considering he had like the whole fleet after you. <laughs> so, like, it definitely sounds like Big, Biggs like had ratcheted up the difficulty a little bit also. Yeah. Um, well, they also said, because um, they talk about the danger, Han and Leia also later talk about the danger of going up there. They said the average life of a pilot in combat is like three minutes or something yeah. like that. Like everyone just gets shot down, which after playing squadrons is very true. And I three minutes it. may be uh, three minutes may be pushing it, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, be a little generous. It's wild. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I said, oh, one of the other things I liked in this um, was the uh, explanation. Another one of those questions I've always had mm. watching the movie is how what is Han being paid with? Yeah, because in the movie we see like, like, yeah, those big containers. Yeah, they're like ammo containers from uh, like in the real world. They're like ammunition yeah. containers. They kind of look like. But um, they do. They have a whole negotiation thing where Commander Willard's like, "Oh, thank you for your help." He's like, "Nah, I did this for money, and I want <laughs> my money." Blah blah blah. And uh, he goes, he, "He, you know, he's like in small use notes if you got them." And they're like, "Well, we don't have any like imperial money. We're a rebel force." Yeah. Uh, so no, we don't. We don't have that. But uh, then Han's like, "Well, you must have a lot of stocks and precious metals." Uh, since you're a military force, and he's like, we literally need those. Yeah, like, that's why we, we have. We are them. the little rebellion here. Um, but Han's negotiating tactic. He's like, well, fine, I'll leave, but I'm going to tell all the small, all the freelancers and third parties that the rebels are a bunch of swindlers and and hoodlums, oh. and none of us will help you. And that's when they're like, okay, fine. like yeah, just we'll, pay. Him. We'll pay it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so yeah, I guess it's worth a lot, but. Because uh, Leia's like it's more, it's not unlimited wealth, but it's it'll have to do. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I kind of like that. Like it, it's a lot of filling in gaps, filling yeah, in totally. like questions that you know. Clearly, I've had my whole life, mm-hmm. but like 
people were having within three or four years of this, you know, and, and answering those questions. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, um, like I also just, I really appreciated the like Luke and Han sequence where Han, uh, Luke is trying to convince him to stay and to help out. And like Han, of course, like wants nothing to do with it. And then Leia also has a private conversation like, with him. Luke leaves and Leia walks in the door as he's leaving and like has the exact same conversation with yeah. him. Yeah, and then, uh, but, the, like... but that that conversation ends with Han being like, you shouldn't let Luke go up there either. Yeah. And then we get a conversation between Luke and Leia and even Leia is like, you know, Han thinks that I should tell you not to do this. Yeah. And it's just, um, there's like, an element of concern for Luke's well-being that I don't think ever comes across in the movie. No, yeah. I I really like that. Me um, too. But, but Leia's like, yeah, but I think you should do it. It's the right thing to do. And, yeah. You know, um, I mean, I'll be down here, but I, I think you should go. Uh, but anyway. It, does, does the kiss for good luck happen in this episode or the next one? Uh, this one, I believe. And then I think Biggs, yeah, like, teases him for it. Yeah, he's like, oh, because in the first episode, he mentions about how Luke never goes after any girls. Uh huh. It's like, oh, you finally found your dream girl. And he's Shut like, up. yeah, I'm just looking for the right girl. In the first in the first episode, he's like, I'm just looking for the right girl. Uh huh. And then this one, he's like, oh, you finally found your dream girl. And he's like, ah, you know, yeah. just kind of razzing him. Um, and then yeah, so it ends with the gang preparing to leave for Yavin. Yep. And then the next episode is called Force and Counterforce. And it's a lot of the same beats uh, as the movie, um, yeah. as we've mentioned. But uh, it, it starts with the Death Star arriving uh, above Yappin 4, and it ends with the end of the story. Yeah. So uh, I have written in the notes again, Mahdi tempts Tarkin a second time. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one's way more, and I really like this scene because this is where it becomes more explicit that he's like, Yo, you're going to be in charge of the Death Star and yeah. you can use that against the Emperor because the Emperor like can't do anything like this is the ultimate power. Yeah. In the universe and it can like destroy planets and you're in direct control mm -hmm. of it. Um, you can basically use that to leverage yourself as being second only to the Emperor. And then Tarkin is like with you at my right hand. Yeah, he like kind of sees it. Um uh -huh. and Tarkin's very um uh Tarkin's very like you're bordering on treason with this mm -hmm. talk and he's like no, you know. Uh but it's cool cuz it's very much like a po political power play going on. Yeah. And uh yeah, I really like that and like it's really cool and of course the as this is going on the Death Star runs playing out as you know it does in the movie. Yep. Um, and there's another scene with Mahdi and Tarkin. Um, and if you watch the movie, Mahdi's there on the bridge with Tarkin, like, yeah. pretty much all this time. Like, he's there on the bridge. And, uh, Mahdi's, and it's interesting because when I first heard it, I was like, wait, this isn't how this went in the movie. But they explain it. So they go, Tarkin's like, hey, uh, it looks like they may have, maybe I should leave, get on my shuttle, just in case, uh -huh. like, the Death Star explodes. You know, maybe I should like be safe on a safe thing. Yeah. And in and I'm like, wait, no, that's not what he said in the movie. You know, because you you know we evacuate in our moment nerds, of trial. Yeah, we have our whole thing. And uh, Mahdi's like, Mahdi's like, no, you can't leave. 
if you leave, you'll show that you're abandoning the post and you're giving up your control yeah. of the Death Star. He's not wrong. Uh, and then in the middle of this thing, once we blow up, if you leave in the middle when we blow up the like Yavin, you're basically like showing that you have no steel and you're not you're mm-hmm. not good in the leadership thing. You lose all respect for everyone around you. And on top of that, these rebels don't even have a shot at blowing up this yeah. thing. Like Vader's already out there. He's in his desk. He's in his uh, prototype. Tie fighter. Yeah, like let Vader do his like, thing. He's gonna do his thing, and Vader and uh, like Tarkin's like, all right, you're right. Like he's, you know, Tark. You know, Vader's funny because he like he insults all the technology, and then he goes out and uses the best technology, and uh-huh. he's super good at it. Yep. Like, <laughs> like I like yep. that. Um, and then uh, immediately after that is when someone comes in. It's like, should we get your shuttle re- shuttle ready? Tarkin, and he, that's when that's when he's Tarkin like says, evacuate, evacuate, in a moment of I like that he got. I think you up. overestimate that. Yeah, 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 he yeah. Got talked up right before that scene by Madi. I kind of like Madi as Tarkin's hype man. I do. I really like. It's that. really just, good. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, so yeah, so then of course the um, you know, that was he did get Tarkin killed with that hype. Yes, but, yes, he did. Um, and then uh, yeah, Death Star gets blown up. On uh, the same way as we know it does in the movie, mm-hmm. Han actually explains kind of exactly what happens later because he's you got to figure that Luke wouldn't have seen what happened behind him, uh huh, in the thing because he's focusing on trying to yeah 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 the Death Star. So later when they're on the ground and they're getting ready for the ceremony, uh, he's like kind of recapping. He's like, "Yeah, I tried to hit that leader and he was super good, but I couldn't." So I hit the guy on the side and it scared the dude on the left side and then he knocked them both out and that's what did it. Like, he's yeah. kind of recapping the war stories, which is totally what would have happened. He totally Very would have been like, oh yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, they mention uh, Luke's new outfit with the yellow jacket. Yeah! And Luke literally is doing it to impress Leia, which I <laughs> loved. <laughs> he's like, well, I just thought, you know, and yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Han explains his change of heart that it was once again Chewbacca, pretty yep. much. It's just like, yeah, some of the things Chewbacca said and the old man said and you said. It was kind of all of them combined. You know, but. yeah, there was something I was thinking about um, while I was listening to to this. And it's something that I think like, gets like discussed a lot with regards to the sequel trilogy of like, why would Han and Leia name their kid Ben? It's like, Ben literally changed Han Solo's life. Like, like by pulling him into this, he uh, just by like hiring him and like getting him involved in what later becomes like him literally helping fight with the rebellion against Vader and the Death Star. And like, we don't actually know how much time passes while they're on the ship. Han knows him as Ben. Not as (laughs) Obi-Wan. Yeah, well. Yeah, Han knows him as Ben, but Leia knows him as Obi-Wan. That's true. And I feel like, why would you pick the fake name if one parent knows him by his real name and one of them knows him by the fake name? I don't know. I I mean, I'm going to push back on this forever and always land on that Kylo is named after Ben Quadraneros. (laughs) That's also delightful to me. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so that's the radio play. That's the radio play. Oh, the end of it was um they're all kind of on the on the step and they're smiling and doesn't well, I think Leia says, "Shall we be heroes again?" 
And, you know, what is it? How does it feel to be a hero? And Han's like, it's not as bad as I thought it would. And <laughs> Leia's like, shall we go be heroes again? And and Luke says, it wouldn't surprise me at all. It's and cute. that's the end. I like yep. it. Um, Yeah, that's the radio play. Tim, I'm so glad you suggested this. I think that this was a great idea. It was great. It's such a good, it's one of the last mediums we haven't done yet. So now we're going to start doing... And then repeating uh, stuff, probably re- repeating mediums, but not yeah. repeating content like stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know what our next one will be, but uh, really, really like this one. Um, can't recommend enough that yeah. if you haven't listened to this, we did tweet and a link a Star to Wars fan. the archive of our own, uh, not archive yeah. of our own, um, internet archive, archive. Yeah, internet archives. Yeah, uh, archive um, of our own is a totally different thing. That's fanfic. Yeah, it's all fanfic stuff. But yeah, it's it's really good. Um, don't try to buy it on Amazon. It's like nine hundred dollars. Yeah, it's don't don't do that. Um, I don't know why it's that expensive, um, but every time I type in the into Google, that's what pops up. It's just the nine hundred dollar listing for the Star Wars radio drama. Yeah, it's insane. But yeah, uh, overall, just a great, um, and it really does sort of fit. I like to keep some of this in my head. As, like, this is what's yeah. happening in the Star Wars movie, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, highly, highly recommend uh, the radio drama. Yeah. Uh, which has now been entered into the archive. We've done it. Um, not just the Internet archives, the New Republic archives. Yes. So, yeah, that'll be our episode. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for listening and sticking around through another two-parter. I don't mind the two-parters. Let us know yeah. what you guys think of the two-parters. Um, if you guys would rather just kind of all of us squeeze everything into one, uh, we can yeah, maybe we, try to adjust our content for, for that. Yeah, to try absolutely. To do it I think, episode, I but. think that like, I also like doing when it calls for it, like two parts for whatever we're talking about, because otherwise an episode like this would have been three hours long if we tried to do the whole thing. And yeah, you know. but the other, the other option is we could do, we could have done maybe three episodes or four episodes. This, sure. You know, that's like also going to pick, you know, we can adjust it if, if you guys feel like, yeah. So let us uh, know what you think and like how you feel yeah. about it. You can hit us up on Twitter at on our archives pod. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, follow us on Instagram at new Republic archives. You can join the dueling genre discord. Yep. We're in there all the time. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So if you want to do that, uh, you want to join the Patreon, um at duelinggenre.com uh that would be great help support all of us and all the shows yeah uh just a little pitch for the patreon if people like listening to me um i am going to be hosting i think like starting this weekend this upcoming weekend the uh new series on dueling genre versus we're going to be going through the first season of avatar the last airbender so yeah. uh, I think it's going to be me, Scott, and I talking about the first four episodes on the, ep- the one that comes out this weekend. That's great. Um, I would join you for that, but it's on my list of things to watch, and I don't want to spoil. Yeah, that makes sense. Any of the things, so totally uh, I will not be on any of those episodes. But uh, it's gonna be a good time. There's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. I've I've started the show multiple times. Uh, I've heard it's a lot like Clone Wars to make a Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> in that it starts kind of like, oh, this is kind of can't be fun, and then gets really. It's also really interesting because pre Clone Wars, this is what Dave Filoni was working on. Exactly, exactly. It's one of the reasons I make that uh, comparison. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So good stuff. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. So with that. Um, I think we'll wrap this episode up. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, remember, if it's not in the archives... It doesn't exist. 